Heaven. Heaven is today's topic. And, uh, and I, I want to first of all just uh, go through some reasons uh, that I feel it should be a topic that we talk about on occasion. And uh, first of all, first reason that we should talk about heaven is that this life that we are living now is very, very, very temporary. How many had your cup of coffee this morning, or, or it'd be hot chocolate or hot tea for me, but you notice when you pour that cup, first of all, there's a vapor, steam that's let off by that hot drink. And how long does that linger? Not very long. So James 4, uh, if we can have that up here, please. Our life is like that vapor. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life, it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So why should we talk about, think about, sing about heaven? Well, because it's very, uh, earth is very temporary and uh, heaven is very eternal. Very, very eternal. And uh, it's, not that, it's not that this life... Uh, just as here and gone, you know, like a vapor, but it's by way of comparison, by way of comparison to heaven and eternity, that it's like a vapor. A lot of us older guys, Brother James and me, you know, a lot of us older guys, and, and uh, um, you know, it seems like our life has uh, lasted a long time, but then the funny thing is you get to this end of that thing about life, and you say, where did it all go? What happened? You know, and suddenly, suddenly things begin to uh, happen more quickly than you can cope with it, perhaps, you know, sometimes. Things just seem to speed by, picking up speed as we go along. And uh, a lot of us older guys can nod yes to that. We know what you're talking about. But nevertheless, compared to eternity, compared to heaven, it's but a vapor. There's this briefly and gone. Um, we sang this song, I know I sang this song sometimes, uh, called uh, This World Is Not My Home. I'm just a passing through. Passing through. Uh, I'm a pilgrim and a stranger. Another song talks about you know, just, just how temporary this life is. Just passing through. Pilgrims and strangers. All right. Now, another reason. First of all, because uh, wh why do we talk about heaven? Because this life is very eternal. Heaven is very, uh, very temporary. <laughs> heaven is very eternal. Very eternal. Need an Altoid in my brain. <laughs> Wake that up as well. But um, the other reason, the second reason uh, that we should talk about, think about, sing about heaven uh, is for comfort. For comfort. If you go with me to John 14, uh, brothers, uh, John or, or Beth, John 14. Uh, yeah, Jesus says, he's speaking to the disciples here, and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe, you believe in God, believe also in me. Now, first question is, why were the disciples troubled? Can we skip up to uh, John 13? We've got to get the context of this thing. Let's look at the John 13 thing. Okay. He says, Jesus said to the disciples, Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer you will seek me and as I said to the Jews where I am going you cannot come you see the disciples had grown to really love Jesus love his companionship love his teaching love his presence and when he says you know you're, you're going to seek me and not find me 
and uh, you can't come with me this time around. Uh, then also verse, uh, well, go up to the next little thing in John 13. Uh, so Simon Peter says in verse 36, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answers, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Afterward. So then Jesus goes into this thing, and let's go back to John 14, please. Uh, Jesus goes into this uh, encouraging word where he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then launches into a little description of what we'll look forward to in heaven. And uh, he says, if I go, verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And then we have another verse. Anyway, it says uh, he's preparing mansions in heaven for us. And I looked up that word mansion just for fun in the uh, Strong's Greek Dictionary. And the Strong's Greek Dictionary, the Greek word, I, I'm not a Greek speaker, uh, but um, it's monet. Monet is the Greek word. And it means, get this, it means either abode or mansions. I made it quite simple. Now, I don't know, there may be other dictionaries out there, Greek dictionaries that give other meanings. But, but the Strong's, which uh, I, I use a lot, I've been a Strong's addict for a long time. I mean, I've been using that since the 70s, and that's my go-to thing for finding Bible verses. And, and uh, oh, you got it up there now. Okay, let me read it straight from the... Scripture then, in my Father's house, Jesus says, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Okay, mansions in heaven. Uh, comfort, you're troubled? Uh, think about heaven. You know, I know a lot, let me say this first, that we are a family here. This is my church family. And uh, God is our heavenly Father. It doesn't matter red or yellow, black or white. We learned this in Sunday school. All are precious in His sight, and we are a family. So when I say, so when I say that our African ancestors, who were kidnapped, uh, humiliated, beaten, tortured, mistreated, dehumanized, all of those things that happened to our collective African ancestors. Uh, they, out of that sprang a lot of good songs, spirituals. And in those songs, uh, they would sing not only about the trouble and the heartache of this life that had been forced on them, but in those same songs, they would sing songs about heaven. And why that? For comfort. For comfort. For encouragement. For encouragement. Okay? And uh, I think it's, you know, a lot of us came from backgrounds where our, our people in Europe were persecuted. And, and I know our, our Deckard family were um, uh, Huguenots in France. And they had been uh, tortured and, and, well, put to death, massacred uh, by the French government, the French Catholic government. And uh, so, so our family came over for reasons of persecution. But I, I, my heart really goes out to our, you know, African-American uh, family and, and uh, the, um, you know, what all, not only what all you went through, your ancestors went through in, in slavery, but still going through today, you know, things are certainly not perfect at all. Nowhere near perfect. 
nowhere even acceptable today in our society uh, what you have to endure and uh, I want to say as a, as a white European that I'm sorry about all that I apologize for my ancestors I do and uh, so okay comfort then we talk about heaven for comfort uh, third reason that we talk about heaven is to honor Jesus and how does this honor Jesus well he says I go to prepare a place for you mansions in heaven preparing the place for us so what if you know what if we were just, just to shrug it off and say well so you know that's that's later I don't have to think about that now uh, you know how would he like that he's the he's the preparer of he's the creator of the universe he's the preparer of heaven and we don't care well we do care and we want to talk about saying about heaven uh, I had a a night vision or a dream a long time ago uh, not long after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit back in the early 70s I had this dream one night where I was uh, you know I was like a rocket ship zooming through blackness darkness outer space and up ahead of me I saw a bright light kind of a, uh, a long elongated oval light in the distance and uh, I heard a voice and the, and the voice what the voice said was what's important to me and why I've remembered this for so long uh, it wasn't much of a vision but blackness and then a bright light and a voice said um, I have oh no the voice started out your mansions here on earth your mansions here on earth uh, you, you think they're pretty nice you think they're great but they are rubbish and there's a real emphasis on that word rubbish compared to what I am preparing for you anybody been to the Lanier mansion okay anybody been to a mansion at all <laughs> uh, I wouldn't brag about the one in Ellisville it's uh, you know it's not that great uh, there is one there but um, anyway uh, rubbish compared to what he is preparing for us in heaven now uh, I am a carpenter I'm a remodeler and a little commercial here all right um, I'm a carpenter a remodeler and in a few weeks I can take a, a very undesirable room in your house and transform it into something pretty nice pretty nice just a few weeks time so think about this with me Jesus he's the uh, creator of the universe John 1 creator of the universe in six days he created this earth and by the way did a beautiful job on this planet don't you think so Amen. beautiful job on this planet he's the creator of all this and its environment it's uh, uh, so think about this then if God uh, did all this that we look at every day we see in you know National Geographic and, and just by going places imagine if he did that in six days what he could do in the 2,000 years since he spoke this promise to the disciples I go to prepare a place for you now now whether he spends every working working quote-unquote day or not working on heaven still think about how long Jesus has had to prepare our eternal abode that mansion that abode in heaven uh, it honors me as a carpenter and a remodeler it honors me when when a customer occasionally shows up at the job site and says good job looks great thrilled with it you know that honors me it makes me feel happy 
And so by you know, the same reason, then wouldn't Jesus perhaps feel good about us singing about heaven and looking forward to heaven and talking about heaven? <laughs> so, um, all righty. Now, one other thing, one other reason then uh, that we want to talk about heaven, the fourth and last reason is that it helps us to be prepared. Could you put Revelation 22:14 up here, please? Revelation 22:14. It helps us to be prepared for that eternal home. Okay, so the word here is, blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. <coughs> what are we looking at here? Those who are entering the city, you need, we need to be prepared to enter that city. And how do we prepare? Well, we believe in the Lord. We confess God, you know, Lord and Savior. We confess our sins. Uh, we repent. We turn away from our sins. We, we do those things which are right because of our salvation good works are produced in us because of our salvation not to obtain it but because of it so blessed are, are those who do his commandments they will have a right to the tree of life and I picked out one command, commandment in particular because this one often gets ignored for way too long uh, I've talked to uh, Christians you know those who are confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior born again who have put off the commandment of water baptism for so long, years, maybe even a couple of decades. And finally one day they realized, you know, God, uh, God did say this thing about, uh, well, from Mark 16, 16, let's put that up there. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Okay, so that's a, it's not a suggestion. It's not, you know, Jesus isn't saying, uh, you know, you really feel good after you do this. As I really felt good after I did it at the age of 15, I, I uh, gave my heart to the Lord, came up and stood before the congregation and confessed that he was Lord, the, the son of the living God, and, and I was baptized and never had such a good feeling in my heart and even until now at 68, going on 69 soon, uh, still have this wonderful feeling that happened that night. I obeyed the Lord, obeyed the Lord, I have a clean conscience as well as, you know, getting rinsed off. I have a clean conscience. And uh, Jesus took away all my sins. And what a relief. What, an, what a load to shrug off and, and just to give it all to the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, through obedience, you know, we need to do that. We need to take that step. And All right. So to be prepared, uh, I know that when Gene and I, you all, you all know our story about in 1986, where the Lord called us to Israel. And we, uh, we followed that call. We went to and lived in Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem over there, capital of Israel. We lived there for six years. And, uh, but before we went, when, when we felt the Lord, first of all, calling us to go there, uh, we began to think about and talk about and read about and study about what to expect in Israel. And, and, and the youth, you know, our whole youth group not too long ago went to the Philippines. And don't you know that you guys spent a lot of time talking about, thinking about, preparing for the Philippines, did you not? And, and even now, are you still excited about having been there? Yeah, yeah. yeah even now. 
And uh, so, so even now, I think, uh, I think our excitement about the eternal life, everlasting life, should uh, stick with us. And uh, we should never lose that. And uh, so, okay, well, so we began preparing for Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem in Israel. And, and at the same time, and, and even now, we're preparing for the new Jerusalem. I uh, gave part of the thing away this morning. That's the name of our heavenly city that we're looking forward to is the new Jerusalem. And so we continue to prepare for that time. So heaven, let's turn our minds towards the actual subject that we're supposed to be doing this morning. Heaven, not why to talk about it, but let's talk about it now. All right. So Revelation 21, 22, we're going to go through these two chapters, verses by verses. Chapter 21, verse 1 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Now uh, Peter talks about that in his second epistle. He talks about how this earth will uh, be gone. And, uh, and then he said, and verse 2 says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Okay, he sees the city, New Jerusalem, not New Paris or New New York, but New Jerusalem. Why does he, why do you suppose he picks Jerusalem as the name of the eternal dwelling place, dwelling place of God's people? Why New Jerusalem? Well, I think because God loves Jerusalem. And he always has and always will. And he has named this heavenly, eternal city in the New Jerusalem because he will for all of eternity uh, love that place. This is, by the way, the place where Jesus was crucified, but uh, it's the place where a new covenant was ushered in for uh, us, for the, for the church as well as the... Uh, well, we came out of... Christianity came out of Judaism. Uh, but so for all of God's people, he ushered in a new covenant by the shedding of Jesus' blood at Calvary in Jerusalem. When we first went over there, uh, a, a Jewish acquaintance of ours took me on a... Uh, walk around the ramparts of the old city. You can climb up the steps and go most of the way around uh, on the uh, ramparts. And uh, he stopped at a certain place and pointed and he says, do you know what that is? And, and uh, looked at it and, huh, looked like a skull on the side of the hill. Yeah. Uh, you can see pictures of that, but just being there and looking at it from the wall of the old city. Amazing. There's a skull on the side of the hill. And that's where Gordon's Calvary is located. If you ever go over there, there are two favorite sites. One is Protestant, one is Catholic. And the Protestant favorite site for Jesus' crucifixion and burial is, uh, is surrounded by a, a, a complex there called, and it's called Gordon's Calvary. And uh, anyway, there it is. But, that's, uh, but Jerusalem is special to God. In fact, it's shown, his, his uh, love for Jerusalem is shown in Psalm 122.6. Can we go there for a moment? Uh, so Psalm 122.6, and by the way, this scripture is found, we lived in Jerusalem, okay, and all over the city, occasionally you'll, you'll run across a sign uh, planted in the ground on a raised platform that, uh, that has Psalm 122.6 saying, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper, and that do what, that pray for you? No, 
No? It says, they shall prosper that love you. So praying for and loving are really two different things. They should go hand in hand as we're praying. We're praying because we love Jerusalem. But pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And, uh, and Israel constantly in need of, need of prayer. Uh, right now, there are enemies knocking on the northern border, Iran, Syria, Lebanon. Uh, there are enemies knocking on the border with Gaza down in the south and really need our prayers. And uh, so, okay. Well, then go back to verse 2, if you'll back up a notch. Yeah. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, prepared, skipping down, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And how does a bride prepare for her husband? Meticulously is the word that came to my mind. Meticulously. And, you know, I've, I've seen cases where uh, brides could spend, it seems like, hours in there, wherever that is, you know, uh, getting dressed up for the wedding. Because everything has to be just perfect, right? Meticulously. And so that's, that's how it's prepared for us. And, and uh, then uh, verse 3, I, I, I also love verse 3. <laughs> All of these are my favorite, just like the songs about heaven. Uh, okay, verse 3 says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people. And get this, God himself will be with them and be their God. So I was, I was thinking about God himself being with us in heaven and, and what can that possibly mean uh, we know that the angel speaking to Joseph uh, you know said that he was going to have a baby boy Mary was and, and uh, his name shall be called Emmanuel or in Hebrew Emmanuel that's two separate words Emmanu means with us El is short for God so he says his name will be called with us God or God with us it's, that's, well, besides the name Jesus, Yeshua, is his Hebrew name, the Yeshua is salvation. And uh, Jesus brought salvation to his people. And uh, so, he will be with us. He himself will be with us. Uh, his spirit is with us now. Jesus said to his disciples at one point that, speaking of the, the spirit of God, that he is with you. Okay, and it's good to know that, you know, I've got, I've got a jug of water here with me in case I become desperate. Okay, it's good to know it's with me. Right? But Jesus says, he's with you, but he shall be in you. Now, which is better, to have with you or also in you? So, all I'm saying is that uh, when we read that God himself will be with them uh, that it, we're talking about more than the Holy Spirit who abides in us you know when we when we receive that living water that Holy Spirit baptism uh, which was the second most exciting thing that ever happened to me in my life in 1973 receiving the Holy Spirit baptism that living water in me and uh, that was a pretty amazing experience and continues to be a pretty amazing thing after all these decades have passed by um, okay, so here's what I think. When it says God himself shall be with us, that he will be visible, just like when he, when he, in the person of Jesus, walked this earth for 33 years. He was very visible, and uh, 
he was touchable and he was audible when he walked through his 33 years and all I'm saying here is I think that in heaven it'll be the same thing he'll be visible touchable audible we won't be saying to our friends in heaven we won't be saying well you know I think God is trying to say something to me you ever thought that way I think God is speaking to me we'll know it we'll know because he will and and I've had experiences where God said something to me by his spirit where it might as well have been audible it was that strong that powerful okay like when he said it was, it's rubbish your places are rubbish yeah. you know it might well in the dream it was audible <laughs> but uh, all right so um, uh, but he'll also be approachable and that goes to the next verse uh, verse 4 he'll be very approachable and God oh love this one too um, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes uh, that song I sang said uh, said that uh, Jesus smile would wipe away our tears well, I'm sure he'll smile too but um, anyway uh, God shall wipe away every tear there'll be no more death no more sorrow nor crying there shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away now how many of us could stop right there and say I want to go there I want to be there how many of us have ever suffered any pain or sorrow sadness sickness poverty and uh, so if that's all that God offered with this everlasting life thing with this heaven thing then that would be enough to say I'm, I'm in yeah, want to be there okay wipe away every tear and then uh, verse 5 through 8 please now later on on Wednesday nights we'll be talking about how to how to know that you got a heavenly home to look forward to how to know it and we can know we can know starts with believing starts with believing okay uh, but we can know we don't have to be in doubt and uh, I was raised in a church that said you can't know until judgment day I thought whoa you know what a life what a life spend every day in misery wondering if I'm gonna be good enough well and good enough has nothing to do with it it's all about the grace of God grace of God uh, we have that heavenly home that assurance because Jesus was good enough and is good enough okay and we put our faith in him and he confers that righteousness of his to us and he makes us acceptable in God's sight and in heaven's sight so uh, yeah but but let me let me say this let's go to verse 5 through 8 then he who sat on the throne said I make all things new and he said to me right for these words are true and faithful and verse 6 he said to me it is done I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts verse 7 uh, he who overcomes shall inherit all things and will be I will be his God and he shall be my son verse 8 but the cowardly unbelieving abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars shall have their place in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death 
So what am I saying here is that, you see, heaven is God's house. Heaven is God's house. Not only the New Jerusalem, the city, but it, its environments as well, you know, uh, places outside of the city. It's God's house. It's God's place. And since it's God's house, it's God's rules as well. We all have rules in our house, don't we? Don't we have rules? I mean, a lot of you, uh, somebody comes in the door, the front door, and you look at their shoes immediately. Yeah? And just a little hint, hint. Look at their shoes. Stare long and hard at them until they remove them. Because you don't want any shoes in your house. Uh, I grew up in a house, uh, you know, that there were no pets allowed in the house. The only time is when somebody spilled something from the dinner table, Dad would allow our little toy collie to come in and clean it up. Very efficient. Because yeah, she cleaned it all up. Didn't need to come and clean it later. She did a good job. Um, but we all have things. Uh, in my house, there's no smoking. And many years ago, we were living in Mitchell. And uh, a neighbor came in and... Uh, now, we, we had an animal in the house. This is later on after Gene and I were married. We, we made exceptions. You know, when you're married, you make compromises with your spouses. How many know that already? You make compromises along the way. And, and our having a dog in the house at that time was a compromise because Gene grew up that way and I didn't. But, you know, we, we said, okay, we have our dog in the house. Well, okay, but this man walks in the back door and he pulls out a pipe and sticks it in his mouth, lights a match, and you know, sucks through the pipe, gets it all lit up, and, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, how do I tell this guy we don't smoke in this house? Well, the dog started barking furiously at him, and he, and he fumbled with his pipe, and he says, oh, uh, is this okay? And I said, well, we'd rather not, you know, he could do it outside. And <laughs> but the dog was the one that jumped in and saved me. Uh, by, well, so, so maybe there's a plus for having pets in the house. No, <laughs> no, I haven't changed my mind, but anyway. Um, so no jumping on beds, you know, that's another probably house rule. And we had some neighbors from across the street come in, bring their two little boys, and, and immediately they start jumping on our beds in our bedroom and, and bouncing up and down like a trampoline. And then came into the living room and started beating on the recliner uh, and just going boring, 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 like, you know, just uh, and I was thinking, oh, brother, what do we do here? Where's that dog that we used to have? <laughs> Sick him, boy, you know. <laughs> Get him off the bed. Okay. Um, God's house, God's rules is what we're trying to say. And uh, Mahalia Jackson, who is, by the way, my probably all-time favorite female vocalist. Um, I used to, I've, I've worn out uh, cassette tapes and, and CDs of Mahalia Jackson. She sings this one and says, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. So it takes more than, it takes more than talking about heaven. We've got we've to do something. We've got to talk, talk about our sins before the Lord and say, okay, God, you know, I'm willing to give these things up. I want to be forgiven. I want to have my slate wiped clean by the blood of Jesus, born again, new life in Jesus Christ. It's what we're talking about. And so more than just simply talking about it, we need to say something. We need to do something. Make a confession of faith in Jesus. Okay, so I think, I think basically about God, I see Him as a God who uh, hates sin but loves the sinner. 
hates sin but loves the sinner. And I got scripture for that. Uh, God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Loves the sinner. The world. And, but he hates sin. And, and, and uh, one of my... Oh, let's go just briefly to 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And you know, I, I, I see where... I'm getting long-winded, but, uh, but the luxury I have here is I've got a red pen and I can make a mark anywhere along here. And we just continue it Wednesday night. So if you want to hear the rest of the story, if we get to a cliffhanger here, wait until Wednesday night and come back. All right, but let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 11 for a moment. He's talking about, he's enumerating all these sins that are displeasing to God and that, that shouldn't be named amongst the, you know, the church of God. But he says, uh, after naming all these sins, he says, and such were some of you. Now listen to this. Such were, past tense, such were some of you. So is he saying that these certain particular sins cannot be dealt with, cannot be forgiven? No, he's saying some of you. But now he says you are, were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. You were sanctified. I skipped that part. You were sanctified and justified now. So those things were in the past. Let's leave them in the past. Amen. All right. Preparing for, he for heaven. Now, God loves people and wants, to, wants them to come in. 1 Corinthians 6.11, we read that. And then also Revelation 22.17 uh, says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Spirit and the bride say, Come. Who's he talking to? Sinners, people in need of God, people in need of salvation. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Ruchim Habaim, that's the Hebrew, which means welcome. He puts out a welcome mat, as it were. He puts out a welcome mat and says, to come. Uh, and then uh, Sister pointed out on Wednesday night, we were having our Bible study in uh, Colossians, and, and uh, we just wrapped up. And uh, Sister uh, quoted the Second Peter 3, 9. Let's put that up there. We're going to wrap this up here in a minute. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. That's important. That he's long-suffering toward us. Some of us calls him to suffer long more than others. Uh, not, and here's the bottom line. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not up there with a sledgehammer just waiting to squash people who cross him. God is love. God is love. That's what the Bible says. God is love. And uh, he's not willing. It's not, he doesn't take any delight in seeing anybody go to the other place. He doesn't take delight in that. He delights in people coming to him and coming to repentance.